Rough year for your favorite NFL team? Join me, Danny Heifetz, along with Danny Kelly, Ben Solak, and Craig Krolbeck on the Ringer NFL Draft Show, where we talk about all things NFL Draft, and more importantly, how to fix your mediocre team. Check out the Ringer NFL Draft Show every Tuesday and Thursday. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on all of the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explorer page in the post and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gambling. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen at the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 and up in President Select States. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com. Let's roll, baby. It is a Tuesday edition of East Coast Bias, as you can tell. Las Vegas got the best of John G. Stremsky. We welcome in Raheem Palmer. We welcome in Joe House, who will be leaving for the Masters in about an hour. And boys, I'm in one piece. I guess that's the good news. The bad news is I sound like Doc Rivers after calling 10 timeouts, House. I don't know. Does Doc Rivers call 10 timeouts? That, that sounds like double the number that Doc would call. JJ, we got you in body. We got you in spirit. We will help carry you along here through the balance of, of, of the show to get the body across the line. But look, man, please tell us that part of what you're experiencing has to do with a nice Connecticut ticket, perhaps? Can you tell uh, us that? Un- unfortunately, it does oh! not. Now, I will say this. Saturday at the Final Four, I had Florida Atlantic plus two and a half. But as you guys know, I had the future on Florida Atlantic. That was, Raheem, probably for me, one of the worst covers I've ever had in my life. Because Florida Atlantic did everything imaginable to lose the game. So as you're sitting there watching it, you're like, here we go. Three. San Diego State can't shoot. Three. Three. Missed free throw. The big guy misses another free throw for Florida Atlantic. And to see the guy for San Diego State come down and make the three, that was like, I've had covers where it's like, I don't know what to do. This one was just like a major, major kick in the nuts. You know, not only did he come down and make the final basket of the, the game, it looked like he wasn't going to get a shot off. You know, typically in that situation, you want to get a, the quickest shot that you can get just in case you miss it. And he took all the time down and then he just hits the mid-range jumper. And it was just like you could see it coming right off his hands that it was going in. So um, it's unfortunate for Florida Atlantic backers, but they did get the cover. You know what they say? 
Good teams win, great teams cover. But unfortunately for you, um, you didn't get your future. So I'm sorry to hear that, man. No, not with the future. And, and there were guys house who had bigger futures than I did on the Atlantic in our little setup on Saturday. It was a little bit of a uh, a mood killer, a vibe killer. Just saying, dude. Well, we we got what we asked for, though. I mean, we got a, a buzzer beater in the final four. We got teams that the the American sporting public consciousness. These were na- not teams or names at the at the tip of our tongues, but the the the, the competition lived up to it uh, and gave us, you know, gave gave Jim Nance on his send off one final shining moment to to celebrate. So, because last night was a dud. I mean, UConn is that team. They they remind me of that Villanova team from a handful of years ago. Although this UConn team didn't arrive with the same accolades, but man, every single game, double digit covers. Like they just blew everybody out of the water. They just, it, look again, we kept singing the, the Ken Palm praises. They were by far the highest ranked on both offense and defense of anybody elite eight on inwards, man. I, I, I had a future on them at the, uh, at, I uh, bought at the sweet 16 and that um, covered up a lot of mistakes along the way. That's all I can say. Well, for you, sir, I'm very happy to hear that. And you nailed it about UConn. It's going to go down as one of the most dominant runs to a national championship that we have ever seen. And, and it's crazy because it's coming from a number four seed. It's coming from a team that did not win their regular season in their league, did not win the conference tournament in their league. But to your point, House, we talked about it here on this show a lot. Top 10, top 15 offensive, defensive efficiency, and they blitzed the crap out of every team they played. And the one thing I want to give San Diego State credit for, they were awful yesterday, right? First half, couldn't hit a shot, miserable to watch. But Hurley said it when they went in the locker room. We should be up by 20-plus points. Raheem, they should have been up by 20-plus points. I maybe let my heart talk on Monday. I went against every logical thought in my brain. I said, I don't want to root for UConn. I want to be at the book. I want to root for San Diego State. When they get that game down to five with five minutes to go, I'm like, holy smokes. If they could get one more stop and a score, UConn might get really tight here. Like really, really tight because they had not played in a close game at all in this NCAA tournament. So when the kid Hawkins hit the three, that's the biggest shot of the game. When they go from five to eight, the way that game was being called, they hit every free throw imaginable. They were not losing at that point, Raheem. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty clear. I mean, you know, the one thing, I want to go back a couple of possessions before that. They actually got it down to six, and they called a touch foul. Um, and that was like, they kept calling these touch fouls and it's just it's frustrating to watch Terrible. as an NBA fan, but they caught a touch foul. UConn got it up to eight. I think it was about seven, seven minutes to go or whatever. And then, you know, they, they eventually get, get it down to five and they got that Hawkins three off the screen and you can kind of just feel the air come out of the, the balloon for San Diego state between those two possessions right there. But I just think. UConn was the better team. I mean, San Diego State actually came out on fire. Um, you know, they actually had an early lead before UConn took over. And, you know, I saw, you know, Doug from ESPN, he actually, he said it on the timeline. He said, I'm taking UConn minus five and a half here. Um, 
And it's just like you could have just jumped on early and, you know, found some good value in the, in the live markets. But, yeah, UConn was the best team. And, you know, shouts to Cleveland TA on, on Twitter. You know, he said this would be the seventh straight tournament where and nine out of the last ten where the top six Kempon overall team entering the tournament has won it. So those Kempon rankings are just they really mean something for college basketball. And one last note, House, it's getting annoying to me. UConn. Five titles since 1999. And they now have become one of these teams where if they get in the tournament, they win. Now, I know Hurley, his first couple of years, they did not. They didn't have enough shooting. They didn't have enough presence on the outside. But you think about where they are, like in the talking point of college basketball, they're surpassing, you name it, Everybody in the sport with the ability to win titles since 1999. It's crazy. You you have to include them in, in the Blue Blood discussion now. That we, we have 20 plus years of, of uh confirmatory diligence. We don't need, you know, to look back. They have an institutional kind of approach there where they it's next man up. Like, you know, Kevin Ollie to Danny Hurley, like they they have they identify coaches that are able to grab guys that are of, you know, not, not like the most national prominence. And, and, you know, there's something in the water up there in stores, Connecticut. They, they just, they just pull it together. I mean, that you, you can't ignore them. They're, they can no longer be excluded from the blue blood, blood conversation as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I, I have to ask Tate Frazier for the ultimate ruling on this, but look, like they, they just, they, they are undefeated in the national championship. And they played enough. They played a handful for, you know, showing my hand right now. I, I think they, they, they've they uh, removed all reasonable doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, and I think I think it's huge that they returned to the Big East. I think, you know, that little time period where they were in an American Athletic Conference, it just wasn't the same. And you come back to the Big East, you're playing in a conference, you know, with Xavier, Villanova, you know, all the big time e- Big East schools. And, you know, it just brings that level of providence. And they should they should be on the level of a UNC, a Duke, um, a UCLA is the top schools, um, top basketball schools, rather. Excellent, excellent point, Raheem. Them coming back to the Big East has made a world of difference for them because you get in that competition throughout the regular season. And I just think from like a recruiting standpoint, it's so easy now to sell the school. Hey, UConn the program of Ray Allen, the program of Emeka Okafor, the program of Kemba Walker, the Big East, and what Madison Square Garden and the tournament provides and what you have on campus. Like, it doesn't work when you're in the AAC. And House, I think leaving the Big East, and we know why Syracuse did it for money and for football reasons, I think it's hurt my university drastically not being in that league over the last few years. Well, in terms of the the competitive basketball, you can't argue it. Um, who knows about the money? <laughs> they might like the money more than the competition. You well, you know, know what Mar- it is, though? They're Maryland outsiders the in the thing. AC. Huh? They're outsiders in the AC. Just like Maryland's an outside. Like, I know. They, they just and don't Rutgers. belong in that conference. They don't. They like the money, though. And at the end of the day, it's like you got to have that. Those conference rivalries mean everything. And I think you're going to see it with UCLA and USC leaving the Pac-12. It's not going to be the same with them being in the Big Big Ten um, next year. So um, it's unfortunate. It's just, you know, money, cash rules, everything around me. So um, capitalism tends to ruin a lot of things. And Capitalism and football. 
Bottom line, that's what it comes down to <laughs> in college sports. Boys, one minor note before we transition to NBA stuff. Me hitting San Diego State House race to 10 yesterday was the biggest miracle of the trip. <laughs> Not even close. So you got one. Well, you buried the lead. Why didn't you you start with that? You you caught well, it because I wanted to. I'll, I'll tell you why. Because I wanted to respect UConn. I didn't. I didn't want to totally <laughs> make it about me. But yes, I convinced everyone for the race to ten. We're not laying juice on UConn for the race to ten. And Raheem nailed it. San Diego State hit like three out of their first four shots. And then it didn't have a field goal for like 15 minutes after the fact. So, <laughs> hey, I thought we were going to, I thought we were in for a classic watching like the first three minutes of the game. And then next thing you know, it was like the worst game I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> well, and it's just also insane that they actually got it down to six and got it down to five house. Cause four minutes to go in the first half, I thought San Diego State was losing by 30, dude. Yeah. Let that be the parting shot here. All credit. Kudos to that San Diego State team. They battled all the way back. They stuck to their identity. They ratcheted up the defensive pressure. There was a genuine moment of intrigue. Y'all hit it. I think Dream mentioned it like, is this slipping away for UConn? Are we going to see UConn in a tense moment for the first time in this tournament? And, you know, it was about six minutes left. Um, so I give all that credit to San Diego State. They they deserve to be there. They proved out and, you know, good good for them and good for that program. All right, when we come back, House, we got to alert the audience of Raheem's new project. He gets to, uh, you know, flex a little bit and have a little bit of fun as he is going to dive in with his new project coming up here on the Ring of Gambling show. We'll learn a little bit more about that. And we'll also set the stage for the final week of change of the NBA season. What you need to watch for, who's in, who's out, all that and more. It's coming up next. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. That's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. All right, Raheem, we don't want to bury the lead. How has the new gambling pod, the 100, been treating you? Orlando was a win on Friday. Follow that one. Now, remember, I've been in Vegas, so you got you to you bear with me here a little bit. How have we been doing so far, amigo? So we started off on Friday. We had the Orlando Magic minus one against the Washington Wizards. That was a win on April 2nd, on April 1st, Saturday. We had the New Orleans Pelicans minus three against the Los Angeles Clippers. That was also a win. And then on Sunday, we had the Chicago Bulls plus three. That was a win. They won outright against the Memphis Grizzlies. We are a perfect three and oh. 
three units plus $300. We're betting $100 per game. So we're going to try to keep this thing going. We're going from now through the NBA Finals. So um, hopefully we can continue to build brick by brick. It's not always going to be perfect, but right now it is. How some man I didn't tell any other bet but the Magic on Friday night. That's the problem with Vegas. I forgot to tell. Yeah, and I, I was out on the golf course Sunday, so I missed the Chicago play. But uh, I was on the other two, and that it's a must load. It's, I immediately subscribe. Dream, it's a is it a hundred bets and a hundred dollars? It's a hundred dollars for a hundred bets over this this next uh, two and a half months. Yes, $100 for 100 bets. So right now we've been do- only doing one game a day. You know, it's a tough time to, to play NBA yeah. right now just yeah. because it's the end of the regular season. A lot of guys are being benched. So I'm taking it easy. But during the p- postseason, we're going to probably up our amount of bets and our volume. All right, Raheem. Go time. The floor is yours, baby. The 100. Let's hear it. Tuesday, NBA. Fire away. Okay, we're going to go with the Minnesota Timberwolves minus one. This is a prime bounce back and buy low spot for the Minnesota Timberwolves who come off three straight losses, including a 107-105 loss to the Portland Trailblazers as whopping 19-point home favorites. You, you don't see that every day, a 19-point home favorite losing. So they have to win this game. I mean, the Wolves are one and a half games behind the Clippers for the sixth seed and one game behind the Pelicans for the seventh seed in the West. So, you know, they want to slip too far into the playoff playing race, but they want, they're still fighting for the sixth seed. So I think this is a must-win game. You know, when you look at those those three games in which the, the, the Wolves lost, Anthony Edwards had an illness, which coincided with those. But he still comes off a game in which he had 37 points, five rebounds, one steal. The main thing is, when you look at this matchup against the Brooklyn Nets, they don't have they don't have a lot of bigs outside of Nick Claxton. So I'm looking for Rudy Gobert and Car Anthony Towns to present huge matchups advantages here. I mean, the Nets also struggle to, to defend a three point line. I think they're um, 19th in opponent three point shooting percentage at like 37. Um, percent You know, the biggest thing is when you look at that Nets interior defense. I think they're 24th in opponent f- frequency of shots at the rim, 35. percent I think this is a good spot for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Expect them to get this win. Um, you look at the, the Wolves. I know we talk a lot about how Western Conference teams struggle on the road, but they're seven and four since the All Star break, and the Nets are just five and six at home since the All Star break. Nets have just won five out of their last eleven games. So we're gonna go Minnesota Timberwolves minus one. I like it, Raheem. Full fledged endorsement, and I also think Brooklyn is kind of in that sandwich spot. They're not catching the Knicks for the five. They're not falling into the plan after beating Miami House a couple of weeks ago. That was such a monster game for them. Game means a lot more. You always got to be careful with that, saying, oh, the game means more for this team. Therefore, it's going to happen. You mentioned the matchup advantages, but I think the spot, it does have a little bit more gusto house for the T-Wolves than it does the Nets tonight. Well, and the, the point that Dream made about the Wolves' resiliency, they, they took a, a a knock to the chin with the Nas Reed uh, uh, injury. And it, it's a real bummer because I thought that the T-Wolves were a team that was sort of coming together in a way that they might be able to do some damage in the West. Not It doesn't seem like it. Their losing streak coincides exactly with him going out, uh, season-ending injury. And, and that also coincided with Edwards being sick, which is why... They lost and they were close games. They had to have those games. But we just talked about the Nets uh, 
in general, being a schizophrenic team, they are schizophrenic. And, and this is exactly the kind of spot where they lose. Minnesota comes in. And the, the inside advantage that Dream mentioned is, is the reason. I, I think that that's a, a, a very good observation. Yeah, and, and the one thing I want to add is that, you know, those three, the, the three of those five wins have come against the Rockets, the Jazz, and then a Hawks team, which is just, they win or lose every other game. So it's not like they're beating, like, good teams. So I expect Minnesota to get it done tonight. I got a two-team NBA Moneyline parlay tonight. Chicago Bulls, red hot. I'll take them on the ML. Warriors, it's a big number against Oklahoma City. Warriors, though, at home. Warriors on the road. We know what the trends are there. A chalky square home team parlay house. Bulls, Warriors, you win. Just just Moneyline, right? Moneyline, not getting cute. Yeah. Not getting yeah, cute yeah, with yeah, the yeah. points. Yeah, for sure. Well, well, well the, the, absolutely. The 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 Bulls, Atlanta. I feel much more confident about Oklahoma City. You know, is still standing, is sitting right on the razor's edge in terms of the play in. There's still a game ahead of of Dallas. I don't think Dallas wants to be in the play in. Um, but the, the 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 Warriors need to find out who the hell they are. I mean, they just lost uh, uh, a home game that they didn't have any business uh, losing the other night. I can't remember. It was a bad a bad loss by them. Uh, I don't I don't I wouldn't lay all those points, but the money line makes sense. Golden State at home is good. I like Golden State um, for the, the the money line parlay. I'm not gonna lie to you. I am terrified of Chicago today. Interesting. Um, Why is that, Raheem? Okay, first things first. When you look at these these teams have played three times this year. The December twenty second, the, the December eleventh game, Hawks win one twenty three one twenty two. The December twenty first game, Bulls win one ten one oh eight. The the January twenty third game, there was some distance between these two teams. But when I look at my model, my model makes this game a pick'em. We were at four. This game has come down to three and a half. Now, Trey Trey Young was questionable with the illness. I think he's going to play because that number came down. To me, I think both teams are in must-win situations, and I think you're going to see a, 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 a huge effort between these two teams. But the way they've been playing each other all year, it's been close games, and it's coming down to the last like last buzzer. I mean, it's just it's been that close between these two teams, and I, I just honestly, if, if Atlanta stole this one outright, it would not surprise me. Um, you know, the Bulls they had that big win against the Grizzlies. They were down like 25 at halftime and came back and won. I just think I just think it's a bad spot. I'm gonna be honest with you. All right. Well, let's hope, Raheem, we have another close game and we have another victory. Cause I wanted to dye my uh toes in the NBA Tuesday pool. And I got one in baseball. Pirates, lines already come down from 175 to 145. Red Sox won a couple of games early against the Orioles. I'm grabbing the Pittsburgh Pirates. They win the second straight game at Fenway Park. I'll take them plus money. And Phillies. Raheem, when are the Phillies going to win a game? Is it going to be tonight against my Yankees? I hope not. Yeah, I don't see it happening anytime soon. I mean, the, the pitching for this team is just it's god-awful at this point. And then, uh, obviously, Bryce Harper is still out. You lose a guy in Reese Hoskins who's giving you 30 home runs. It's just, I mean, this team has the worst point differential in the league right now. I mean, it's just... It's bad. Um, I, I gave you guys Philadelphia Phillies under 89 wins. I don't think you're going to have to sweat that one at all. <laughs> well, you're off to a good start. All right, Raheem, good luck with the 100. All right, let's set the stage for the final week of the NBA season. When you have teams that are benching guys, tough, tough to find 
the ultimate value in a lot of these games in the regular season. Sometimes, listen, you know what the deal is. Other times it's like, oh, does the team really care about seeding? The lines may not even know if a team really cares or doesn't care necessarily about seeding. How do you like handicapping this final week and change? Well, in general, it's a proceed with extreme caution proposition. And you have to, you know, open your ears and let the teams that are telling you what their intentions are be open to those messages. So, for instance, if you would like to bet against the Washington Wizards over these next handful of games, please feel free to do so. Do it. They, they, they're, they're doing, you know, what they should be doing, what I wish they'd been doing all, gosh darn, season long, which is letting the young guys play. They want to find out whether or not Johnny Davis could play in the NBA. They want to know whether or not Corey Kispert is going to earn uh, an extension. It's smart. I don't have any issue with it. Washington is, you know, you go against Washington, you take the over, although the market's probably caught up now, but I don't think the Dallas Mavericks have held anybody under 130 points since the the all-star break, since the the trade deadline and the all-star break. They, um don't look like they have any intention of even making the play in, although they're only a game back of Oklahoma city. So Dallas is, is, is one that we're looking for. Portland has told us their intentions. So if you want to just grab some legs now, now you have to be careful because Portland won outright the other night. Uh, and we, you know, there, there, there are some big underdogs that, um, are, are showing up and, and, and showing out. Um, so it's not like a lock, but you just, you know, my strategy this week, listen to the teams that have told us something. I, I, I am not betting on the notion that these are must wins for, for any of these teams in terms of seeding or how they, they want to be. They're all must wins for everybody in the play-in or just above the play-in. That's, and, and, and that's it. You can't really, I don't think, attribute motivation to any of them. But that, that's, that's the, the, the basic strategy for me right now. Raheem, what do we think, bud? How do we handicap these final two weeks? Well, I think, you know, you have to look at what, I mean, a lot of it is reading what the beat writers are saying about some of these teams and, you know, looking at the lineup, seeing what these teams are trying to do. I mean, motivation is a big factor, but I mean, I also think you have to handicap some of the matchups. I mean, some of these guys on these benches, you know, every March, every May, you see certain players step up and put up career highs. Um, and I think you're going to see that again this year. I mean, look, you look at um, Shaden Sharp the other day, you know, the Portland Trailblazers were 19-point underdogs against the Minnesota Timberwolves, and you had some of those young guys step up. So I think you always got to gotta be cognizant of everything, and that's the motivation, the young guys, you know, who can who can put up points who who are a bench player. It's just everything. It's just a, it's a lot that goes into it. So if you wanted to just stop and wait for the playoffs, I could totally understand. But um, I think you're going to have to really put in some work for the, um, the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm kind of the point, guys, where for me, coming off the college basketball high, we got a ton of Masters prep. House, we'll get to that in a moment because we got to get through a bunch of your picks. I know you'll be going down there. I know you got a big fairway rolling coming up. So I don't want to bury the lead as far as that goes. But this last week in a regular season, I feel like it's just absorbed time for me. Let me finalize thoughts on what I think about certain teams are going to look like going into the playoffs. Make sure certain guys are right. A couple of injury storylines, obviously, we have to monitor. And then next week, I said next two weeks. I mean, that's what happens when you're in Vegas. Your mind is in a tizzy. Next week, house. 
we know who's going to be in the playing tournament. So I'm going to ask you guys this right out of the gate. If you look at teams that are in the plan, you tell me right now, assuming, let's say, Golden State is not a part of it. Uh, I'm gonna, which might be a mistake on my part, well, but I'm gonna say I they're mean, not a part of it. That's an impossible handicap. Look at those four teams together there. I know. I, I just uh, gut feel though, House. They got Thunder at home at Sacramento. Now, does Sacramento want to keep them away? Does Sacramento really care? You know, like that's. I don't know. At the Blazers, I was gonna yeah. ask this question though. Out of any of these teams that are in the playing mix, who would you be the most confident in? to go and and make some serious noise. Who would that team be, House? Well, in, in either conference, I'm sure we we Dream and I agree, it's the Lakers. If the Lakers are, are in, in the play-in, they're going to win. They're going to get the seven seed. And they're going to be a goddamn handful for the Memphis Grizzlies. It is, to me, as a holder of a Memphis Grizzlies to win the Western Conference ticket, the worst-case outcome. Because the the Lakers are are built for it. I mean, what they've shown us with the, with with Vanderbilt and Beasley and Anthony Davis has is on one of his his heaters. So knock on wood, you know, every time he goes down and his ankles rolled or whatever, you know, that we all we all hold our breath. But he, he's that guy right now. He's carried them through. LeBron is back now. LeBron's clearly laboring. But you know, nineteen and nine out of LeBron is still pretty pretty good. Plus his IQ on that court, the Lakers are are, are by far to me the the scariest out of, out of anybody in the entire play in on, on out of both conferences. Yeah, I, I totally agree with House. I mean, when you look at the Los Angeles Lakers, they are seven and three in their last ten games. You look over the last two weeks, they're seventh in offensive rating. Scoring 122 points per 100 possessions. They're also eighth in defensive rating, scoring 113 points per 100 possessions. Now, if you go to the Eastern Conference, I think it's obviously the Chicago Bulls. I mean, right now, if you look at those playing teams, you look at the Miami Heat, the Toronto Raptors, the Atlanta Hawks, the Chicago Bulls, to me, are the best team out of that bunch right now. Obviously, you had the Miami Heat who struggled to score. I know House is still pissed off at them, you know, for that 29-point loss the other day. Um, you look at the Toronto Raptors. Nick Nurse is probably on his way out. You look at the Atlanta Hawks. Right now, this team alternates wins and losses. They've been at 500 or a, a game above or a game below for the last 40 days. This Chicago Bulls team is rolling right now. They're seven and three in their last 10 games. And it's just, and they got two stars. They got DeMar DeRozan. They got Zach Levine. They can go to the line. They're playing good defense. I just think this team, if they make it into the postseason, and, you know, I know nobody's beating Milwaukee, but I think they can make it tough on somebody. I'm right there with you at Chicago. Chicago dead to rights. They looked like a team that was going to sell off people. There were DeMar DeRozan trade rumors. There was Zach Levine trade rumors going back to January and February. Once those were kind of silenced, they got a couple of guys back on the floor and they have found it here. The seven and three in the last 10 games. Levine is playing out of his mind. That playing group in the Eastern Conference leaves a lot to be desired. I mean, we're down on Miami. I'm over Miami. Atlanta doesn't play like a defense. And you mentioned the idea, Raheem, that they can't go and, and find a way to win consistent. Toronto, something seems off about them. I do think Chicago is the most live out of those teams. Now, House, I know you're big on the Lakers, but my, my thing always with the Lakers is 
the last two or three years, I'm like waiting for the other shoe to drop with these injuries. You know, like I, I, I feel like with Davis, it could be tomorrow they're playing the Clippers and boom, we're talking about a big injury for him. Or LeBron, not 100%. What kind of factor is he going to be? Like, they're dangerous. I totally understand why you would think that. Makes sense. Logically, they got a lot of pieces. They got a lot of dogs. I, I just wonder at any point, though, how that other shoe can drop with that team. Of course. You know? No, that that's that's proper skepticism. And and that's why, you know, their their odds aren't through the roof. They're, they're still not, you know, good value on, on the Lakers. But, you, you know, you're that that's literally the gamble. You just described it. That's that's the challenge. With these Lakers, I I, I want to just give you very quickly my dream outcome in uh, the East East play-in because I am indeed still I'm nothing if not a petty better. I'm so mad at Miami for for sacrificing. Brooklyn is going to make the playoffs, and I'm going to lose that bet. And it was a great bet when I made it, and it still should be a great bet. But kudos to Brooklyn. You know they 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 figured out something with you know. The combination, Jack Vaughn and all, all those new pieces are coming together. It's a very schizophrenic team, but they are in. They are going to grab that sixth seed. Miami is not going to catch them because they're bums. My sing, my best hope for outcome is the Raptors jump over Atlanta, and it's the Raptors against Miami uh, uh, for for the the seventh seed, and then Miami loses that, and then Chicago beats Atlanta because that's not going out on a limb, and then it's Chicago against Miami. And DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine just put it on those boys. And Miami gets to go home with their sorry defense, no playing defense, sorry, no shooting three-point offense, and enjoy South Beach all summer long. That's what I'm talking about. That's that's (laughs) one hell of a plan right there. I love the way you have drawn up just so perfectly. The bitterness, the shade, a little love for South Beach, all in there for house. Um, Raheem, better value right now to win the title. Lakers at 30-1. to Your Clippers at 31 to 1. I'm going to make one of those bets right now. And you know my feelings on the Lakers. I really would have no desire to invest in the Lakers. But I tell you right now, 30 to 1 on one of the LA teams to win the title. Who's the better bet? I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, And a big reason why is... He's finally out on the Clippers. He's finally out. uh, This Clippers team to me is just... I mean... You bring in Russell Westbrook, and I, I think he's been solid lately. I think he's been a, a, a solid fit for this team. But you lose Paul George at a time when you really need to, to, to figure out how to mesh these units together. And they just haven't been playing well. This Clippers team is just 17th in offensive rating over the last two weeks. I, I just I can't trust them. And I feel like the Lakers have truly found something. So I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Lakers. I know, you know, when you look at the seeding right now, the Clippers are actually in the playoff race. But, I mean, the Clippers are only a, a half game in front of the Lakers. And there's no guarantee that they're not going to end up in the play-in tournament themselves. So, I would go Lakers here. I just, I'm not buying into the Clippers at this point. Yeah, I, I obviously am right there. The, the The big difference is we're waiting for a potential Lakers injury. Rooting against it. I'm going to knock on wood. The Clippers have their injury. Paul George is injured. He's not playing. So that's that's how you split that hair between those two teams. And who knows when he comes back, Paul George, whether he comes back, what kind of shape he'll be in. And the Clippers have shown us, you know, with the, the reason that, that Dream rode that train for so long, I believe, I won't put words in his mouth, but but I was along for this ride. They, are, they, they showed us depth. We thought they were a very deep team. What turns out to be the case is they can't really score 
without but without both Paul George and and Kawhi. Kawhi is, is doing his best to carry the load, but they they have a hard time scoring the basketball, and that might be a function of of all these moving pieces. This constant chemistry experiment. It definitely has something to do with the load management, which is you know obviously pissed us off all season long. But I like this. I like the the. Lakers, I'm going to knock on wood. This is the third time I've knocked on wood for the Lakers to stay healthy. So hopefully the third time's a charm. House, would you have any interest in 30 to 1 with the Lakers or no? No, 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 no. no can't no, do it. Definitely not. What would to that win the NBA title? No, 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 yeah. no, no. What would that yeah. number have to be for you to maybe uh, dive into that pool? At least 50. At least 50 to 1. I mean, you know, the implied probability of 50 to 1, that starts to match up with what I think their true chances are. All right, we come back. House is getting ready for the trip of all trips. He's glowing. He's got a glimmer in his eye. We will set the stage for Augusta right after this. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. All right, House. So for someone who has not been to Augusta, tell me what you can. And I know there's some stuff that you cannot share, which is fine. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, I know there's some trade secrets. But for guys like Raheem and I that would love to get a taste of walking the grounds at Augusta, Give me, give me the experience and kind of what we're getting ourselves into here. So, so my dream excursion, and this is what I would recommend to everybody. If you're planning a trip and you, you have some flexibility and you have some, some, you're, 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 you have the option of buying some, 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 uh, some practice day tickets and then one tournament day. I think the optimal window is Tuesday to Thursday. And here's why. You can fly down Tuesday, and if you're on the East Coast, there are tons of direct flights from the major metropolitan areas right into Augusta Airport, which is awesome. It's like 20 minutes from the golf course. But you want to get in like Tuesday afternoon. If you have a pass to get over there, you have to make sure that you're on those grounds. And I'm talking about the back nine, not the front nine, in late afternoon. Because you want to see with your own eyes, what does this look like when the leaders are coming down the stretch on a Sunday afternoon? What's the light look like? What's the grass look like? And you can start to visualize that iconic back nine at, you know, five o'clock, six o'clock in the afternoon. As the leaders are coming through on that Sunday, you project that. So that's my recommendation for your introduction. Arrive in the afternoon, go over to the grounds and have a late afternoon walk. You'll see some guys, you know, at that late of, of the, the afternoon, there's only a handful of guys out practicing and playing. You can watch 15, 16, 17. You can watch guys try and skip on the par 3 16th hole, try and skip the ball onto the green. John Ron made a hole in one that way uh, last year. I remember year. that. But, you know, that. so then Wednesday, on, they're only practicing in the first part of the day, and then it's the par 3 contest. But the par 3 contest is its own separate wonderful animal. You see the players with their families. It's very cool. Last year, we faded Russell Henley because we saw him picking up his little boy too many times. We're like, hey, that guy's going to be tired. This kid, is he's he has to carry the kid around the nine-hole golf course. How can Russell Henley wake up fresh for Thursday morning? Um, but the, it's a very cool tradition. Uh, and, and you know, it, it sort of lines up nice. You go 
uh, sort of late morning, see some guys, see some portions of the course that you might not have caught on Tuesday, watch the par three, get a couple sandwiches in, and you got to do that. And then Thursday, you re- see real tournament action. And it's actually a smaller crowd on Thursdays than it is on Tuesdays and Wednesdays because uh, the, the the Green Jackets, in their infinite generosity, sell many more tickets to the practice round so people can come out and see what the course is about and experience the venue. The tournament field, the actual size of the the the, the number of, of patrons, in the f- it's smaller. So it's easier to get around. It's easier to see. You can post up somewhere near a rope and just watch groups come through, which is one of the favorite pastimes. But that that's how I would recommend, you know, sizing it up. A Tuesday to Thursday, you get the full thing. Make sure you get a late afternoon back nine, though. That that's crucial to me. So that you when you when you're home watching it on, on Sunday, uh, you know exactly what those that feels like. Then the, the hair stand up on the back of your neck a little bit. So that is interesting, huh? So more about Tuesday to Thursday than let's say Saturday, Sunday. What is that? Just because Saturday, Sunday, better being at home watching all the events? Is that the deal? Yeah, reminder. No phones allowed at Augusta National. There is no way to know what the F is going on. They have the old school uh, leaderboards where where they have folks standing up on the towers with these giant screens and they're swapping names. And you can hear roars on the golf course. And that's cool. Like, you you know, that's maybe you want to do that one time. But walking around without knowing what the hell is going on, that's not any fun. Not on Saturday or Sunday. Not on moving day or when somebody's going to go win the thing. How fun? That doesn't make any sense to me. Wow, that's crazy. So they make you, do they make you check your phones in somewhere or you oh, just got to yes. leave them? Oh, I'd be no, so you, screwed. You that walk be, up uh, there. Well, look, man, you you give your phone. It's, it's liberating. It's like you just have to tell the, your world, look, I'm about to be off the grid for for. Uh, an extended period. I hit you when when I'm back. Connected. I kind of like that. I, I think you should live in the moment. It's, it's it is frustrating when you go to a game or you go to a concert or you go to like any type of show and more people are filming than actually watching. You know, it's like you go to some comedy shows. Like co- Dave Chappelle will have a comedy show and nobody's allowed to bring their phones in. So I think we need to live in the moment a little bit more. I, and I like that. It's a tradition unlike any unlike other. any other. There you go. And and when you're noticing that, though, with like in baseball, for example, make the comparison. People go to baseball games. They're on the phone. They're on this. They're on that. Now you got like this pitch clock. Mm, you got to pay a little bit more attention. So so for House, you, House is going to have to set one of those old school AOL away messages. You remember those back in the day? Uh, used to have like some fun like song lyric or something uh, some hokey, or if you're going through a bad breakup, it might be some like bad love song, Raheem. We're going to have to get House a good away message for the Masters this week. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, those AIM messages were classic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, you you come back from class in college, and you just have a bunch of messages. Like, so it's pretty pretty cool. Uh, now, House, let's get down to business here. I know you will make the official picks uh, on Fairway Rolling, your outstanding golf podcast that you do. Um, I'm looking at the field right now. Scheffler, 7 1. It's been insane. Guy's automatic. Rory, plus 750. He's one of your guys. I feel like you always find yourself in the Rory camp. John Rahm, outstanding start to the year, plus 950. They're the three big favorites. Who is the guy that you think, beyond those three, immediately catches your eye? Wow. So that that's a great question. And we tried to build a card. You know, we'll have some some ringer specials up on the FanDuel site. They might be up already. We were putting together some parlays and stuff. 
We feel like there's a guy that's qu- sort of quietly somewhat under the radar. And there, there are two guys that fit this category. But the one guy that I prefer personally is Justin Thomas, who has a good track record at Augusta National for three rounds. He just hasn't put together four full rounds. But the value for him is catching him as he he's probably showing around 22 to one, maybe 21 to one. Anything north of 20 to one for Justin Thomas is is value. We used to have a rule on our show. If if we caught either Justin Thomas or Colin Morikawa at 20 to one odds or or better, we bet them Im- immediately. It's a it's a must bet. It's an auto bet. Now Morikawa is also he's probably up around the 25 to one. 28 territory. to one as we speak on fan. Yeah. 28 so, to one. He's been inconsistent this season, and I'm 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 off of him. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a good week. He's he's been an every other week guy. They've had these um, elevated events with giant purses, and he's only made the cut. You know, they've had six of them. He's only um, made it to the weekend in three of them, and and you know it's, it's sort of every other thing. He performed, played very well out at Riviera. Some folks like to make a link between playing well at Riviera and Augusta. And Kyle Morikawa did finish fifth last year. He had a nice, solid Sunday round, pulled down a, a top five. I cashed that. Uh, but yeah, I, I just don't like you know um, where he's at right now. Raheem, there's so many fun. Do you bet golf at all, Raheem? Or you? No, nah, I've never bet golf before. All right, I'm going to tell you. House kind of taught me a little bit last year because I was never okay. a big betting golf guy. Like Mm -hmm. now I'm kind of into it. I especially bet all the majors. There are so many fun ways to bet it outside of just the idea of, Hey, I'm taking an outright winner, which is let's be honest house. A lottery ticket. Is that fair to say? It's a bad lottery ticket because the, the, the odds are terrible. They don't reflect the risk in any way, shape or form. But yes, if you just want to say it's, I had it for fun, then do it. That's fine. Correct. But you find matchups. You find guys you like, you find guys you don't, you take them head to head, you take them to play well over a certain day. They even on FanDuel, I mean, I I see this now, House, there are the ringer specials and there are a bunch of good ones if you want to check that out on FanDuel Sportsbook. But we also have, Raheem, some Tiger Woods content because you know, everyone wants to root for Tiger Woods. Now, to bet him to win a tournament? No, no thanks. To bet him the lead after round one or round two. I'm not even going to do that. Bogey-free Tiger round plus 2,000. Round one or round two, House. Any interest? Um, no, other than having a bet with where my heart is. The, 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 the bet that I feel strongest about with Tiger. You know, there, there, there's two bets that I would make. With, with Tiger. Tiger to top 20 is like plus 235, plus 240, something around there. And then Tiger to make the cut. That's the one that you just have to, if, if you're a, a, a red-blooded American and a fan of professional golf, you want Tiger to make the cut at the Masters. What's on the line this week is him um, grabbing first place in consecutive cuts made at the Masters. He would be jumping over his buddy, his good friend, uh, uh, Fred Couples, if he's able to to make the cut this week. So Tiger to make the cut is uh, my 1A number one bet. Right now, you have to lay juice. It's minus 174. My 1B uh, favorite bet is Phil Mickelson to miss the cut because uh, he hasn't played any kind of competent professional golf uh, in, 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 you know, several months. And, uh, you know, the, the, 
the experience of, of being the de facto leader of, of the live tour, the head honcho there has taken a lot out of his golf game. So that, that that's I'm fading Phil Mickelson. There you go, Raheem. A couple of ways to play this. And if you go on FanDuel.com, Raheem, and you want to have some fun, the ringer house, Mr. Hubbard, a bunch of the crew was Simmons involved in this or no? Oh yeah. BS, BS weighed in on it. He was in on it. Oh, he was in on this. Raheem, you want to check out these specials? Yeah, I, I'm looking at them. It's like some pretty interesting ones. I mean, I, I think you you have Jason Day to finish top 20 in a hole-in-one on a 16th or a curve, plus 250. <laughs> Don't. Will there be a hole-in-one <laughs> over the whole tournament? So we like Jason Day a lot. Um, he, he's, he's coming in well. healthy. And, and we love well. rooting for a hole-in-one on the 16th. So you can understand why a combination like this uh, fits, fits you know degenerates like us. Uh, to a T. And that's one that I'm all over house. Day over shot fleet, even money. Thoughts? Yes. Yes. Like oh, it. I mean, yeah, sure. The the, the track record for, for Jason Day at Augusta um, is impeccable. And, and he's playing the best golf. All the advanced analytics underlying how he's been playing thus far this year are, are through the roof. I mean, his, his strokes gain total since the beginning of the year. I think he's in the top five and maybe second. Uh, on the entire tour because he is out uh, outpacing his peers in terms of the quality of his ball striking. And he, he's been very good at Augusta over the course of his career. So we like him very much. Top 20 doesn't really feel like we're asking for very much in, in terms of the ringer bet. And then you taking him over X. X missed the cut. So X this year, for whatever reason, Xander Shoffley we're talking about, can't drive the ball. He has been, over the, 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 the course of his career, a very good driver of the ball. But thus far uh, this season, he is um, missing some accuracy, and it's costing him strokes. So I like I like that day over over Shoffley uh, pick for sure, JJ. And one final thought here on the Masters House, the Live guys. We know it's been weird for them. Are these guys that Raheem and I should be looking to fade at all costs? Like Cam Smith is a phenomenal player; he's phenomenal, but. The idea that they have left the group, they now come back with kind of like this villain reputation to them. They all do in some way, shape, or form. Are these all guys you are going to fade this week, House? Not, not me. Uh, I, I think it's it's more appropriate to be respectful of of like Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson, and maybe even Patrick Reed, guys who have proven track records, proven success at Augusta National. We have no insight whatsoever into the quality of their play over this this calendar year, but I think the right thing to do is to be cautious and, and respectful. The guys that you want to fade, like Phil was an easy one. Bryson DeChambeau, another guy who really just can't play right now. He, he's physically, um, he's been hurt, he's, and, and then he lost his game, and we haven't seen anything out of him that suggests competent golf. You want to take guys that, that are not playing well in the live, that's fine. Brooks Kepka just won the, the most recent live event. I, I, that's, you know, he missed the cut uh, last year at, at the Masters. Um, but I, I, I would just proceed cautiously. You know, I, I wouldn't do a blanket kind of approach. You want to do it one by one, in my opinion. Raheem, mm-hmm. got to get you to bet some golf this weekend now. 
Yeah, I, I'm gonna check this out. I mean, the the question I wanted to ask: House, like, there's some group betting specials here on FanDuel. Um, they have Group A, Group B, Group E. There's just a bunch of groups. They 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 put like about four or five golfers in one. Are those things that you like to approach? Um, only to the extent that those groups feature guys that I'm very bullish on. I don't tend to play a ton of those group plays. Obviously, the notion is. Your guy just has to beat the other guys in the group. You don't tend to get really rewarded. The odds don't tend to be um, exceptional for, for that those. But if I have somebody that I like, that's one of the ways that I'll bet them. Like if I have somebody that I feel confident about that I'm going to do a top five, a top 10, a top 20, I'll find what group they're in and, and play them in that. And then I'll also go play them in the head-to-heads. Like if I have a real conviction on a guy, I'll play them throughout the, the, the whole kind of card in all of the markets. Um, but for the most part, I don't really, I don't, it's, I'm not religious about the group betting. So it's, it's kind of like, I mean, just to, to, to give an equivalent, it's like if I liked, uh, let's just say the Lakers are playing the Clippers. If I like the Cl- Lakers for the full game, sometimes I might play them for the first half in the in the in first quarter. Um, so it's something like that, I guess. Yes. Yeah, I think it, that's it, accurate. Exactly right. Like uh, uh, Group A. So I have strong conviction this week. I'm playing John Rahm. I think John Rahm is going to win the Masters. And he's in this. He's in a a, a a betting group that has Rory, Scotty, and Jordan Spieth, and he's plus two fifty. Uh, so he just has to beat those three guys. Now those are <laughs> those are three of the 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 you know I- 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 impossible guys to beat. But um, yeah, so I, I might play Rom in that kind of a circumstance. All right, boys. A couple of quick thoughts before we say goodbye, including the new pitch clock, which has revolutionized baseball watching for me. I'm not going to lie. It's fantastic. It really is. That's coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida. We'll be in New York. We want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side-by-side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Baseball opening weekend house, Raheem. I cannot get enough of the pitch clock. Like, the, the way these games are flowing, these games being done in under three hours, the pace of play, you throw in the rule change with the bigger bag, and now teams are stealing bases. Opening weekend of baseball product, really good. Really good. I want to give credit where credit is due because I've given this commissioner a lot of crap. Baseball at times has been very stuck in their ways. These were two absolute no-brainer changes. Did you notice it watching these games over the weekend? Yeah, I've definitely noticed it. Um, I mean, but the one one of the things that I just I've really have noticed is that, you know, certain pitches velocity is down, but also it just feels like a game could get away from you. <laughs> just because, you know, pitchers can't slow the game down. So I'm I'm really interested to see, you know, how certain teams approach it because I think it's going to hurt certain pitchers. And I, I think certain pitchers are just, they're just not going to be as good with this pitch clock. I, I love that observation. This is the thing where you might be able to try and, and grab an advantage. We're so early in, in the season where you notice something, pick up something about a guy or two, and then, you know, maybe try and, and ride that thesis a little bit like who are the guys that are, are the combination of physically able to deal with the pitch clock and mentally able 
to deal with it. Overall, JJ, your observation is on the money. The product is so much better. Um, kudos to baseball for, for innovating, for not being, you know, uh, stuck. Now I still would love for them to get rid of the ghost runner in, in extra innings. I, that, that is, you know, something we played as kids. It doesn't make any sense to me, uh, at the professional level. You can't put a guy out on second base under any circumstances. You get on second base by hitting the ball or walking and stealing. Uh, otherwise I, I like where we're at. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, those ghost runners really have killed a lot of un- they've killed a lot of overs. I mean, unders like um, over the last couple of years. I mean, it helps to get the game over, but yeah, it's, it can be frustrating at times. Oh, they kill us for unders. And Raheem, I wish they put up stolen base props because they took a lot of them down. Once I think people realized, hey, the numbers for certain guys are going to be thrown off drastically. Volpe for the Yankees is stealing 40 bases. He's on the team every every game. Like, House, it's too easy now with these rules knowing, hey, he can only go over twice. If I time it out properly, they ain't catching me. No shot. I, I, I'm here for it. I'm fine with it. It, it, it. It's The stolen base is a very exciting thing. It's good for the game. Let's have more. 100%. All right, before we say goodbye, give me in 10 seconds, Raheem, someone looking forward to this week. Um, I'm waiting to see if this Spence Crawford fight can get done. I'm hearing this close, so look forward to that. House, I know what you're looking forward to, but what most especially? The weather down in Augusta is supposed to be miserable. Play the guys that have the late early, late on Thursday, early on Friday, and best of luck to everybody. Listen, I'm going to need it. Hopefully, best of luck to a couple of my NBA futures bets that are going down the stretch of this year. Say a prayer for that. Good job by the War Gone Warrior. Raheem, we'll chat Friday. House, enjoy Augusta. JJ out. Hopefully voice back come Friday. Be good, everybody. 